Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 135 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be, often while the shows are actually happening, to meet the people that make that theater happen. Just a quick reminder, you can download and subscribe to the podcast from the Apple Podcast app or from iTunes. That way, your feed will be automatically updated when we release podcasts, but you can also listen to us on many other streaming services such as Stitcher and Google Play. Please rate and review our podcast if you have a spare 30 seconds and help us reach more theater lovers out there around the globe. And now for this week's episode. We're taking a trip across the pond this week to the office of Ken Davenport, super producer. Ken Davenport is a multiple Tony Award winning Broadway producer whose work spans around the globe. Now for those of you here in the UK, you may be familiar with a few of his productions including Kinky Boots, which won the Olivier Award for Best New Musical 2016, and Blythe Spirit with um, Angela Lansbury. That was a brilliant production. He also took the Old Vic's production of Groundhog Day and Mischief Theatre's The Play That Goes Wrong over to uh, Broadway. If that's not enough, Ken is also executive producer of North America for Andrew Lloyd Webber's Really Useful Group. And if that's not enough, Ken writes a blog and hosts a podcast called The Producer's Perspective, where he talks to the biggest and brightest theater practitioners on Broadway. And if that's not enough, Ken is also extremely busy giving back as much as he can to the theater community at large. I mean, he's pretty much done every job you can in theater on his way to being a producer, so he's a pretty good position to do just that. In that vein, he puts on a conference, the Producers Perspective Super Conference, every year, it's the third year running now, where the world's top theatrical talent gather for a weekend of education, inspiration, and connection. Uh, Now, at the Super Conference, hundreds, hundreds of the world's smartest creators uh, descend upon New York City to learn what's new, what's hot, what's actually working, and trending. So I'm going to stop talking, and I'm going to let Ken tell you all about it and how he got to be one of Broadway's hottest producers. Have a listen. I'd just like to talk to you about your your journey and um, uh, take you back to what got you involved in, in, in the theater business and how you come to love it. Well, my mother first 
she tells me I first kicked while she was watching a production of Godspell. So <laughs> I got started very early. There was something telling me I had to get out and be a part of whatever was happening on the stage. Uh, and, you know, I got into it in the way that most of us get into it. My parents dragged me to an audition when I was five years old and I started performing in the local theater. Uh, when I was about 12, I got too cool for it. I thought I was going to play for the Boston Red Sox and the Boston Celtics simultaneously. Like I was going to be that kid. Uh, and I went to a small college prep school that does nothing but churn out doctors and lawyers in central Massachusetts. And then I, my life changed when I saw Les Mis. Uh, you know, I'm 47 years old. I consider myself part of the Les Mis generation. There's a whole group of us that are doing it today because of yep. that show. It really what I believe is the showboat of the modern era in which it showed us what a musical could do besides just entertain in the way that musicals had done before showboat. Here came along this epic three hour and 10 minute piece that said, Hey, musicals uh, can be more than anything goes or Annie or that type of thing. So I quit the basketball team like that day, really? frankly, in a, in a very, <laughs> very dramatic scene, like right out of high school musical. <laughs> and I auditioned for the high school, my high school musical. I got the show and I found my people in Amazing. a way, like so many of us, you know, it's you find your tribe. And yep. that led to me taking my pre-law major at Johns Hopkins and trashing it and transferring to Tisch School of the Arts at NYU. And that led to me discovering a production assistant position on a Broadway show, which had me leave performing behind. And I stage managed, I company managed for 10 years. And I just knew I wanted to be involved in the theater. And, you know, some of the best advice I ever got coming up was choosing and finding what you want to do is about eliminating what you don't want to do you know rather what? than finding the very specific Thing that you do absolutely i have said and you know i've got and to, that's what I, I did i'm the same age as you ken you know i've got two boys and i say you know they both love performing they're into music and stuff and i said well find out what you don't want to do because it's just as important i think you you seem to have basically done it done it all including um, pre-legal pre-law which is great um <laughs> And uh, the same thing happened to me. I, I think Les Mis was one of the first shows I saw. I'm a military brat, so I came back from um, from uh, Okinawa in Japan and uh, went to high school, graduated, went down to the Amundsen Center in L.A. and saw the touring production of Les Mis. And, um, and I was just like, yeah, this is what I got to do. Um, but, uh, you know, I've stayed on the performing side. And it wasn't always producing for you. Do you think that your journey in pretty much you just mentioned almost every role as you can do you think that's kind of helped you build a better understanding of how to you know gosh in the most base terms produce yeah without a doubt on two levels one i've been a part of every aspect of the production of a show including spending one or a short two weeks in a costume shop at a summer stock theater, which I couldn't stand, frankly, but at least I, I learned a little bit of it. So I can, I can understand what goes into it. I can respect it, which I think is a big deal when you're talking to artists. You know, I think a lot of folks like, oh, costume design, what's that? That's nothing. Well, I happen to know it's painstaking work, uh, not only designing it, but building those costumes. Yeah. So I, I can not only speak the actual practical language of all the departments, casting, et cetera. I worked for an agent for a while. Uh, I was an actor, so I, I, but also just have uh, a sympathy and an empathy for what these artists 
and um, these folks go through to create a show uh, yeah. rather than, you know, a lot of people, I think, have this feeling that, oh, a producer is the employer, the big boss. I'm just I'm just one of a group of people trying to put on a show. Yeah, I think that probably used to be. Well, maybe that's why the the fantastical idea or thought of a producer is the, the guy, the, the, the big bucks. It's the Mel Brooks and the producers. You know, it's the guy who pulls all the strings. That's not necessarily so. Um, you know, it's today producers are collaborators. You know, they are they are theater makers in every in every way, pulling a team together. It's not just about who's got who's got the the big bucks. What would you say, I guess my question is, you know, what would you say makes a producer these days? Because the, the role has shifted in, even in the last decade or so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Hal Prince, uh, may he rest in peace, yeah. wrote this very God famous article him. in the 90s about how there, there were no more creative producers anymore. There were no more people that were, that had ideas and were pulling teams together, you know, in the way that you know, David Merrick came up with the idea for Hello, Dolly!, like that, right. that's what a producer really was. And he was concerned that producing was, was becoming just more about check writers. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do believe that, you know, and I actually, I think in the last 10 years, we're starting to get a little bit back towards that creative producer model. Um, although we've seen a lot of corporations come into Broadway. So it's getting harder and harder for us independents to, to keep, to keep our shops open, frankly, when the big, corporations come into town and mm. and snag up a bunch of theaters etc but yeah it's changed a lot and raising money is only one piece of it i think it's the producers are composite of people that are money raisers they can raise money um, they can develop product and they're marketers and i think that's something that's changed significantly over the last 10 years i think they're the emphasis on marketing uh, and sales for producers has really has increased and you have experience of, on both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, Atlantic. Um, you know, you, you're, you've been here in the West End. Um, is there anything that that you see is different over here? Just kind of get a perspective of how different it, it, it works, say, on, on Broadway as opposed to the West End, or for an, I'm saying for an independent producer. Well, it's, it's interesting. I, I have very limited experience over there, actually. I haven't really cracked what it takes to work for a show to work over there versus mm. here. The only couple, couple things that I've, I've gleaned already is one, you love a jukebox musical over there, <laughs> yeah. uh, which I've actually, I, I, I believe is because while well, we probably share a similar demographic in tourists, you know, our audience here is 65% tourists and I have a feeling yours is as well. Yeah. It's just that our tourist audience comes from, the United States, which speaks the same language, your mm. tourist audience comes from these other places, which it, uh, which English is not the first language. So it makes sense that jukebox musicals where yeah. the knowledge of the language isn't, yeah. isn't uh, necessary. Uh, this, the other thing, the only other thing that I've been able to see is that you love shows that make fun of Americans. <laughs> That's it. It's like the, the authentic American experience, rent, et cetera, yeah. right? Like, that, that, that never works over there to yeah. the extent that it works here. Yeah. But man, get, you know, take Legally Blonde or even School of Rock, yeah. go with a chubby American, like Slacker Boy, like anything that goes like those guys are a bunch of schlubs. You guys love it. <laughs> so um, I'd like to talk to you about the... Uh, uh, Let's let's call them the extracurricular things that you do, Ken, because you just seem to have fingers in so many pies. And as I mentioned before, like you, you've got 
a podcast and you literally talk to every everyone on the Broadway scene. First of all, why a podcast? And second of all, like the the format is it just sounds like you guys are hanging out in your office and having a chat. Is is that what happens and and, and what was the reasoning behind starting a podcast? Well, I you know, I started writing a blog about I think it's 11 years ago now and it's called the producer's perspective and it was it became very popular. Yeah. Most and the reason why, frankly, is yeah, I think I read some good stuff every once in a while, but I was just the first producer to blog. And yeah. actually, I think I'm the only producer to blog still uh, at this level, although a couple folks have tried. Uh, so uh, I, w- I was writing my perspective. And then, frankly, a reader said to me, you know, can we love your perspective, but we wouldn't mind hearing someone else's every <laughs> once in a while. Um, and podcasting was just starting to bubble up. And if, if I have a, a skill any skill it's that I believe I can recognize a trend before it becomes a trend. Yeah. So I saw podcasts just beginning and I was like, Oh, I'm going to jump into this and see what happens. And the other reason I did it, frankly, is because I wanted to learn from all these people. Like too often the business goes so fast that we're in a room, like in a crisis mode. How do we sell tickets for tomorrow? How do we get, but I had never sat down and talked to people like, I don't know, Alfred Urey, the Pulitzer Prize winner, yeah. who I'd worked with on Parade years ago, but I never heard the story of Driving Miss Daisy. Or Lynn Ahrens, who wrote Once on this Island, that I produced, but still <laughs> hadn't heard about her commercial jingle writing years. Uh, or Joe DePH, or Bob Greenblatt, who, became pres- who was president of NBC, but also produced Broadway shows. So I just wanted to hear their stories, and yeah. very selfishly. And I just that's what they are. They are chit chats. I yeah. love that expression, by the way. <laughs> they come to my office. I pop open a microphone. I will admit that we don't have fancy production values or anything because I don't want people to be too spooked. We don't go to a studio. We don't do anything. There are sirens in the background yeah. sometimes. It's just, it's two Broadway folks as if they're sitting in their office chatting about the industry like we all do and this just this time a microphone's on i learn stuff listening to your podcast and david corringe you had the designer um and you he you kind of said what was missing he said communication skills if you could just get one thing it's communication skills and i think that that's what you do you and your guests sit and you commune for 45 minutes an hour whatever it is and you come you talk about whatever you talk about and i think that is that is really special when it comes to these kind of, I suppose, long form podcasts or whatever you want to call them, um, when it's just a discussion. And um, again, if you don't listen to the podcast, <laughs> guys, you need to listen to the podcast. Now, pr- producer's perspective as well um, is not just a podcast. You and your organization have something called the Super Conference. Is that correct? Yeah, so you know, it started with a with a blog. It became a podcast. It became a membership site and seminars and workshops and all sorts of stuff. Because what I found is that there are people all over this country and yeah, all over the world that were fascinated about how shows got to Broadway. Yeah. And so many people had ideas themselves or scripts or shows, whatever they did that were trying to get here that just didn't know how. So what we've done is try to provide people with a ton of resources, myself included, that help them get their shows from a, out of their heads to mm. a page and then onto a stage. And basically, this is the community of people and the resources that I always dreamed about there being when I was coming up because it wasn't around. Yeah. So we basically just created this thing that could help people that were just like me 30 years ago. Uh, and that's what we've been doing, you know, and it's been great. We've 
we've and our biggest our flagship event is every fall november 16th and 17th yeah. this year and there will be people from all over the world there and we have all the broadway a-listers you could ever imagine talking about marketing talking about raising money talking about producing at the festival level producing at the broad you name it they're talking about it and all with the goal of helping the writers directors actors and producers in the room get their shows, their projects off the ground. Yeah, I mean... And um, it's like the most... I, I have a blast when I'm there, and I learn so much. Well, I, listen, I like, you look at the speakers this year. You know, you've got Heidi Schreck, and, you know, just coming off What the Constitution Means to Me, which is just going out on tour, and Joe, Joe Iconis for Be More Chill and Broadway Bounty Hunter, you know, yourself. But you have... Not just that, you've got general managers, you have casting um, directors, you have press agents, you have every everyone that you are going to be needing to talk with and sit down with and, and planning with to get, not just to Broadway, but just a show up in, you know, in a major uh, metropolitan city. Anywhere, that's the thing. A show can be a success, not just if it gets to Broadway, whether it's off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway, licensing. We have people that come that just want to have their shows licensed to high schools around the country. And there are so many takeaways you'll get from that and networking opportunities. And yes, hearing from these amazing people. And what I, what I also love is we curate the material and the speakers very closely. And what you'll find is that, look, this is a difficult business. It's the major leagues, Broadway especially, is the major yeah. leagues of theater, right? It's like trying to get into the uh, play for the Boston Red Sox, yeah. like I did when I was a kid. <laughs> and it's hard. But what you'll get from a, from a conference like this is that all of the speakers, Heidi Schreck is such an example of what I call an entrepreneur, and Joe yeah. Iconis, and all these people that are unbelievably positive. You are going to leave this conference not only with practical knowledge and education on how to move your show along, you are going to be inspired and motivated and given a steroid shot of inspiration to get you there. And that's what it takes because it can be challenging. And you've talked about, you know, meeting your tribe and we're, we're going to make our way over there. We're going to be there. I, I cannot wait. When you're amongst your tribe and you're telling stories and you're communing as, as you do, you know, the, I, I would imagine that your bubble's going to grow. You know, your, your tribe is going to grow for anyone that is director, producer, actor, uh, stage manager, any, anyone, you know, writer uh, is going to absolutely grow their bubble, find collaborators, find people that they're going to make genuinely lifelong partnerships with at this, at this uh, super conference. Yeah. And I can tell you're a hundred percent right because this is the third year. It grows every year. Really? And what you're talking about it, it, that's exactly what happens. I mean, I get emails from people all the time saying, I met a collaborator at your conference. Uh, I just did a reading of my show and it's because I learned how to produce a reading at your conference, or <laughs> I got an idea for a new musical. And I started writing it because I was talking to someone at your, like, it's incredible. And I, look, I believe you asked me like what a producer does and yeah. all this stuff. Very simply, I believe what a producer does is get people in a room. Nice. That's what I do. Yeah. I get passionate people in a room, a director, a writer and actors. I get them in a rehearsal room. They create a show. Well, this is just doing that same thing on a bigger level. Yeah. And I'm just filling that room with the most passionate group of theater makers in the world. Almost 500 of them in the, will be there in the, this room for these two days. Amazing. Listening to Broadway A-listers talk about all this stuff. And I 
challenge you <laughs> to go <laughs> and not want to create something really thrilling and exciting and be motivated to do so. Oh, can't we do that so every weekend? That idea, <laughs> I know. So, so many of us walk around with these like ideas in our head, like, oh, I have this great idea for a show. Like yeah. we go see a show and we're like, that show sucked. My idea would be so much better. Like yeah. how many times have we done that? Yeah. This is a way to learn how to get that idea out of your head and to actually make it happen. Okay, that's amazing. That is amazing. Okay, I, ha- I have to end, because I know you're busy. I have to end with the same question that you, and listen, you can choose to answer it or not, that you ask every one of your guests, and it's the genie in the bottle question, it's the genie question. If you had one wish, and you couldn't be more wishes, um, if there was one thing that you could change, you know, and I don't necessarily mean on Broadway, but worldwide, what would it be that you would change in the theater world um, if you could, like, just click, uh, just to, to throw that question back at you, which you, you throw at your guests every week? You know, I, I, I have been asked this question before now, so, um, and I change it, I change it every single time, well, that's okay. every single time, because I, I, I want, I want a lot of different things. Frankly, oh, I'm, I'm an only child. I'm, I'm selfish. I want a lot of things. So I think I'm going to go with what you just said all over the world, all over the world. And what I, and I did this, I streamed my production of daddy long legs. I live streamed it. Um, and it reached 150,000 people in 48 hours in 135 countries around the world. So since we're talking a little globally here, yeah. I wish there was an easier mechanism to distribute Broadway content all yes. over the world. Yes. And there are certain things like Broadway HD and, you know, the ND, uh, the National Theater Live, Live yeah. over there, right? Like NT Live, mm-hmm. you do very well, but better than us. But there are still too many restrictions yeah. here uh, to to do so. And I wish that it was easier because I believe there are people in all these corners of the world that would love just to get a taste of Broadway. In fact, I know it because there are people that read my blog and listen to the podcast and like, I will never get to Broadway or I can't get to Broadway, but thanks for uh, teaching me about it through your online website. And I just wish we could deliver the content to them because actually when you do that and people fall in love with it, yeah, they will find a way to get here or they will find a way to create theater wherever they are. And I'm just a big believer that the world is a better place if there's more theater in it. Absolutely. So the more we can deliver it all over the world, the more chance that people will create it. What a fantastic genie in the bottle wish answer. Uh, more theater for everyone. Why the hell not? Ken Davenport there, speaking from his office in Manhattan. What a fascinating, fascinating chat. Now, I'm going to put the information on how to get tickets to the Super Conference in the show notes, and there might just be a little promo code for you guys to use. Now, before I go, just a few housekeeping bits. Uh, if you're a theater professional, head on over to curtaincallonline.com and sign up for a free profile page. All you have to do is create an account with an email address, make up a cool password, and away you go. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We've got you covered at Curtain Call, all one word. And you can follow me at John Schwab, at J-O-H-N-S-C-H-W-A-B. Now, we'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast. Get in touch with us via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me personally at john at curtaincallonline.com. 
It just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Ken Davenport, Mary Dina, Erica Fallon, and everyone at Ken's office in New York for making this episode possible. And if you're in the theater industry, guys, you're not going to get a better chance to network than by attending the Producers Perspective Super Conference. Increase your bubble. Like, grow your tribe. Go to tppsuperconference.com and get your tickets today. I will put that link in the show notes. And don't forget to use the code CURTAIN19, all caps, to get your discount. Book it. And make sure you find us when you're there. If you're an actor, director, producer, playwright, theater professional, get to the Super Conference. It is your event. Thanks for listening to the Curtain Call Theater Podcast. I will catch you all next week. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.